If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream it, download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bad mates Hello and welcome to bad mates This year, our New Year's resolution is to lower the bar week after week my name is Becca, and this is how I'll always remember you, surrounded by winter, forever young, forever beautiful. My name is Josh, and what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! <laughs> That's your Arnold? Yeah. It's not good. Thanks. <laughs> Did you like my animated series? Was that a good impression? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Uh, hello, welcome to Batmates. We're a Batman podcast where we talk primarily about the Silver Age and villains. Uh, we are uh, almost married. Almost. Maybe. Probably not next year. Maybe the year after. Soon. Should I tell the listeners about my weird dream? <laughs> I had a weird dream last night that it was our wedding day, um, but we had planned it too quickly and nothing came together the way that I wanted it to. And also, I was at Josh's like parents' house and they had 50 dogs. Which is weird because my dad is allergic to dogs. Yeah, they only have cats, but in my dream they had 50 dogs. Great. Um, so I think it's my brain telling me to... Take uh, take it slow in planning our wedding so okay. that I won't be disappointed. And also, I think you should get 50 dogs. <laughs> no, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> um, yeah, so today we are going to talk about the uh, Cold Crusader, the, the Phantom of the Frozen, <laughs> Mr. Freeze. Yes, or as he's called in his first appearance, Mr. Zero. Mr. Zero, which is not as fun, so we're probably just going to call him Mr. Freeze. I mean, I'm going to call him Mr. Zero as long as we're reading this comic. Ugh, fine. He'll be alone enough, though. <laughs> no uh, news? Do we uh, want to do, do news? Do we want to read the comic first? Do we want to uh, talk about Wonder Woman? <laughs> yeah, I just... No news this week. We okay. just... I wanted to just briefly touch on Wonder Woman, because it's a DC-adjacent story. Yes. Um... Oh, Wonder we'll Woman put, released this week, well, the, yeah. the week that we're recording this, on Christmas Day, right? Mm -hmm. We'll probably get into spoilers, so if you want to go to the timestamp to skip to when we'll start the comic, feel free. Yeah, we always put uh, timestamps in the description. Here's your spoiler warning for Wonder Woman uh, 84. If you if you do want to watch it, spoiler-free review, it's fun. It wasn't great. <laughs> all, you've probably heard all the hype of everyone being like, it's terrible. It's not terrible. It's just not great. It's It suffers from a lot of what I think the other DC movies suffer from, which is it's got a pretty good start to it, and then it just falls apart. Like, the wheels come off. Yeah. Honestly, most of the movie, I was like, oh, it's 80s and cheesy and stupid on purpose. And by the end of it, I was like, oh, no, that wasn't on purpose at all. Yeah. Um... But I did, I did enjoy some aspects of it. Here's where we got into spoilers. Um, I liked the whole like monkey's paw scenario mm -hmm. with the the wish stone. I thought that was a really cool setup. Yeah. I thought that could have been done super well if they had like shown it in different ways, or if like Pedro Pascal's character uh, Maxwell Lord hadn't like necessarily spelled out like, and here's my evil intention. <laughs> like, I feel like they did such a poor job of, like, showing us... 
Like, there were so many times you and I had to back up because we we're like, wait, what's happening? And yeah. then we're like, wait, did they say Bialia, like from Young Justice? They what's did. Going on? Yeah, they did. There's, there's, there's a couple a Young of. Young Justice reference in this Yeah, there's movie. a couple of name drops. Well, it's not just Young Justice, it's like oh, the no. DC universe as a whole. There's yeah. a couple of name drops of like DC stuff in here. Simon Stagg yeah, you, is in this movie. You marked out about Simon Stagg. I did, yeah. Being because, a minor character. Because he's, he's a Batman villain. He plays a role in uh, Arkham Knight. He's like one of the villains. It's like part of the. Part of the main story, and he was—I think he was also in the uh, what was that CG animated series called? Oh man, mm-hmm. Beware the Batman was that what it was called? Maybe. I think it was called Beware the Batman. I'm not sure I've seen that one. He was—he was like a main character in that as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, like the premise is good, but by the end of it, you'll be like, "Ugh, what did I just watch?" Yeah, this is yeah. not great. Like I said, the—it's just like it starts out fine, and then the wheels just fall off of it, like. It keeps piling on unbelievable thing after unbelievable thing, and you just reach a certain point where you can't keep suspending your disbelief. I feel like that wasn't even the issue. That wasn't even an issue in the first Wonder Woman, though. Like, the first Wonder Woman had a great setup. It executed things really beautifully. It had a lot of heart. The action scenes were really, really cool and interesting. And then by the climax with, like, Steve Trevor's death, you're kind of like, oh, well, that was kind of, like, overwrought and, like, more dramatic than I was expecting. That kind of ended on, like, a strange note i guess and then there's like well at the end of that movie there's like that big fight with aries which is kind of like oh they were building to this yeah like it doesn't really but like i felt like you know most of that movie was great whereas this movie you know you're like kind of going along on the ride and then you're like oh this this bus has no wheels (laughs) i'm not going anywhere (laughs) i'm sitting in one place eating popcorn okay uh so yeah watch it if you want if you want to you know, have a lot of bright colors in your face and maybe think Gal Gadot is beautiful. There's there's funny parts in it. There's definitely, like, jokes that land and, like, things that are cool. Yeah. Um, you know, when Wonder Woman saves children is always fun. Yeah, you and I laughed really hard. There's yeah. there's that scene, and now we're there spoilers, there's that, that line when she, like, forgot to tell Steve Trevor about <laughs> Radar and he's like, oh, yeah. well, Diana? <laughs> that was really funny. They can see. They can see me. Yeah. Anywhere, even because he thinks he can lose them in the dark because he's a World War One pilot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Steve Trevor, World War One pilot, somehow is able to fly a fighter jet without yeah. without without any training, any training at all. Um, so that was realistic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he like looks for a fuel switch, even though they probably in World War One had like pull start engines or something. Yeah. Thinks it's a lawnmower. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's our Wonder Woman review, and I told you I'd only do five minutes, and it's been five minutes, so okay, there you go. Good. Told you I'd keep it short and sweet. Good. Uh, yeah, so do you want to get in the comic? Yes, let's get into the comic. Okay. Mr. Freeze's first appearance, mm-hmm. uh, Silver Age comic from 19... 19- no, Mr. Zero's. Oh, sorry, sorry, Mr. Zero's first appearance. The the character who would go on to become Mr. Freeze. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 1959, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. February. And you're going to tell me who the artists and colorers and all that were? I sure am. Got it. So the Ice Crimes of Mr. Zero was written by Dave Wood. The penciler was Sheldon Maldoff, and the inker was Charles Paris. I read on some other page that Mr. Freeze was invented by Bob Kane. Okay. There wasn't really any mention of Bill Finger in him at all. Oh, um, interesting. So, cool. Good job, okay. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most of these, like, early villains were created by Bob Kane or Bill Finger. Yeah. However, 
I well, we'll get into later in this episode. The Mr. Freeze that we all know and love here in 2020 was created by Paul Dini. Yeah, pretty much. Absolutely. Pretty much. There is not a single trace the, of this old Mr. Freeze left in like modern well, comics or modern portrayals of Mr. Freeze the, at all. There is a few things. The concept of like an ice themed yeah. villain that yeah. he cannot breathe outside of like frozen temperatures. Well, these things. Well, yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Uh, all right. So. Yeah, Batman uh, 121. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we open up. Uh, after the title card, which shows Mr. Freeze with Batman and Robin in blocks of ice, uh, we have Mr. Zero and his gang pull up onto a jewelry store at midnight in an ice cream truck. Midnight is my favorite time for ice cream. <laughs> I love this. Uh, he's already branding. He's mm-hmm. got his, his like frozen treats van. Absolutely. Uh, they break in, and Mr. Zero shatters the vault by quickly heating and freezing it. I really like how he talks about ice as in, like, they're, they're at a jewelry yeah. store. He, he says, I'll get that ice, meaning, like, diamonds. Oh, yeah. I can't really remember any, like, modern times when Mr. Freeze is near jewelry, but that pun is so obvious. I mean, uh, so I know in, again, we're going to talk about this in Rogue Roundup. I know in the Batman television series, he's a jewel thief. Is he? Yeah. Oh. And, uh, he also, in, uh, in the Batman and Robin movie, he tries to steal, or he steals those, like, big diamonds. Yeah. Because they're needed for his freeze ray. Yeah. They're, for some reason. He doesn't just do it because diamonds are called ice sometimes. No, no. Um, I also really love his costume. He looks like a little imp, a little, like, Christmas imp elf. <laughs> I think that's really good. Yeah, it's this skin tight. I mean, for lack of a better term, it looks like a 1950s space suit. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's, uh, you know, skin tight, so he looks like he should be on the cover of, like, a, a space cowboy, like, yeah. <laughs> pulp thing. Yeah. He's got, he's got that, like, the big bubble helmet over mm-hmm. top of him. And the other thing that I wanted to mention was that his his freeze ray that he uses, like his ice gun, uh, it looks to me like the oil can that the uh, that the Tin Man has. In, You're right. <laughs> in the Wizard of Oz, it doesn't look anything like a gun. It doesn't. It looks so like weird. it looks like an oil can. So okay, he says he's shooting ice gas. Is it liquid nitrogen? I mean, it could be. I guess that's the only thing I could think of that's like freezes things on contact. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a science, though. Although, although, like, we see later in the comic, he uses it to, like, freeze the road and to, like, make ice balls or yeah. something. I don't know if you can do that with, with liquid nitrogen. I don't know. Very strange. Um, it doesn't need to make sense. It's it's 1960, or, well, 1959 sci-fi. Yeah. I also like how he kind of explains to them, like, intense heat followed by intense cold produces the phenomenon to break the vault. Yeah. And I was like, oh, science lesson. Cool. Exactly. And and it actually is something that, like, you see over and over again in future Mr. Freeze appearances is he, like, you know, freezes things very quickly in order to shatter them. Mm. Just like he does with this vault. It's weird that he has, like, both ice and, and heat. heat powers. He should call himself, like, Mr. Temperature. Well, if he's got if he's got an ice gun, that's just a heat pump. And this is where we get into my explanation of heat pumps. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so, like, an air conditioner and a heater are kind of the same thing. Wait, just... you didn't sing the song. <laughs> this isn't a Josh's Fact Corner. Okay. This, <laughs> this is more casual. It's not this... a special episode. No. Okay. This is, uh, this is Josh's uh, vaguely remembered fact lounge. <laughs> Josh's digression... Chamber. <laughs> All right, I'm here. 
so a heat pump and a uh, and a, and a heat and like a heater, like a, a, a air conditioner and a heater are basically just the same thing but backwards. Okay. It's just you're taking stuff from one side and putting it on the other side. So if you set up an air conditioner backwards, it'll like heat up your house because what it's doing is is it's compressing gas which uh, cools, and then it allows it to expand, which allows heat out on the other side. I'm skeptical that that's how, that's what would happen. If you stand up, go, in the summer, go stand outside next to, like, a window air conditioning unit. It's warm. It's it's warm on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's happening. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's taking, like, the, the energy from one space and it's moving it to the other space. It's yeah. taking all the energy out of the cold space and moving it to another space and making it hot. I feel like I just did that yesterday. Yesterday. Yesterday you said you'd call Sears. I'll call today. I'll call now. For those of, those, those of, you, who, For those of you who never watched Nickelodeon in the 90s. Becca is referencing a air conditioner <laughs> commercial. Sears commercial. <laughs> But those of you who used to watch Nickelodeon in the 90s and 2000s just got transported back in time. You're welcome. Sure. <laughs> Nobody's going to know that reference. Yes, they will. I get, we'll get 100 emails about it. We're not going to get 100 emails. <laughs> if you know about this Sears commercial about air conditioners that Beckett is quoting, <laughs> please send an email to batmatespodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Great. Shut up. Oh, it's going to be hotter. Shut hotter. up. Like yesterday. It's in my brain. And we play every single commercial break. Get rid of it. I'll call today. You'll call now. Okay, so so these criminals, they break in, they steal jewelry, the bat signal is activated, um, and then Batman and Robin pursue the criminals on their rocket skates. I loved it. I, I They just show up in rocket skates, and I don't understand Like, why. they didn't start in the Batmobile. No. They just have rocket rollerblades. Off-panel, the Batmobile has a flat. <laughs> um, I like how he immediately freezes the ice, or freezes the street, and makes it like a little roller rink. Um, although I would think that Batman's rocket boots or rocket skates or whatever would have the ability to like immediately transform to like ice skates. Well, they, they do that in the movie, don't they? They do. <laughs> his, oh my God. His boots do that in the movie. <laughs> yes, they do. You're right. It took until 1997. Yeah, 1997. They, they finally figured out how to, how to, uh, combat the, the very, very basic and oft used trick of Mr. Freeze to create a ice skating rink wherever he goes. <laughs> so you can't chase him. They click their heels together and ice skates pop out. We'll see this a couple of times in the episode. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, Batman, before, before he does that, before Mr. Freeze ices the road, Batman uses his uh, his lasso. His silken lasso. Sorry, his silken. Which I thought was very fancy. lasso. I don't know why they don't call it a bat rope because okay. they've been calling these things bat ropes in the other comics we've been reading. What's a silken lasso? Made out of silk. Ugh. Okay. I guess it's pretty strong. Yeah, silk is strong, isn't it? Just seems like uh, like it's like spider web or whatever. Way right? too fancy. <laughs> I mean, he's rich. He's a billionaire. I guess. Uh, well, in, in in the fifties, he was a millionaire, but. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Before that, he couldn't have two nickels to rub together. Yeah, no, it's just because of inflation. <clears throat> um, <laughs> yeah, so Batman lassos one of the criminals who's on the ice cream truck. 
so when when they do fall down and the criminals get away, there's one guy who's left behind. At first I thought that Mr. Freeze had like hurled him out of the truck as a distraction <laughs> before I realized that Batman kind of like targeted him on the side of the truck. Which like makes yeah. me wonder like why did they Why is he hanging off the side <laughs> why of the truck? Why is he hanging off the side? Why aren't they all inside the truck? <laughs> Why are they so disorganized? Uh, is there not enough room for him in the cabin? I don't know, maybe. There's two people in in the cabin, right? Because he's got three henchmen total. It's a giant ice cream truck. They need room for all the ice cream, maybe. <laughs> you think they actually had ice cream so as not to blow their cover? Exactly. They had to serve a couple children on the way to the heist. <laughs> at, at 11.50 yeah. at night? So so their their big score was like, you know, $1.5 million and two $250. Plus, yeah. Plus, <laughs> plus $250. Plus the dollar that they would get from the ice cream. <laughs> plus $250 in, in uh, It's a Caduceus. Great. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. Ba- gang member slips and falls. He won't talk to mm-hmm. Batman about Mr. Zero. Uh, and ice puns abound. Uh, let me see here. Do I have it? Uh, Mr. Zero would have put me on ice if I talked. And then Batman says, uh, maybe you'll change your mind after you spend some time in the cooler. Mm. The police station. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jail. Jail. So anyway, uh, so now the gang needs a new member. They get a new guy. His name is Kirk. Hold tight. Okay. Um, they're in a remote mountain outside Gotham. Yes, they're in a remote mountain outside of Gotham, which is where Mr. Zero's secret lair is. Gotham has both beaches and mountains. Yeah. That's weird. Why is that weird? I don't know, just geographically. Why? It's, it's... New York has beaches and mountains. Like, New York State? Yeah. And New, and New Jersey has beaches and mountains. Yeah, but, like, a city doesn't have, like, a beach and Well, it says outside of Gotham. I guess, it doesn't like, say... Hawaii has beaches and mountains. There you go. Look at that. Well, volcanoes. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Why? Gotham is like that that poster from third grade with all of the different... Um, <laughs> with like, all the different biomes on it? Geological features all listed on there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it makes perfect sense. Okay, sure. I was just thinking Gotham, about... does, Gotham doesn't really have... Well, I guess it does have a beach because one of the other things we read, there was like a windsurfing competition or I whatever. The other thing that I liked about this panel is that everybody, they're in rainbow order. They're in rainbow colored suits. Oh, red, yellow, green, and blue? Yeah. Well, orange. Yeah. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. It's, it's probably also to help you recognize which which criminal is which. It's to represent their friendship. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's true. They're, they're a good team. I think together. it's just the colorist trying to be useful. <laughs> they don't mention this until later, but they're sitting, the three henchmen are sitting on a heated sofa. Oh yeah, they don't even explain it. They just have it there in frame. Because, mm-hmm. like, the whole rest of the hideout is frozen because Mr. Freeze needs needs ice. Sub-zero temperatures. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, well, I'm getting into that. Mm-hmm. So the new member, his name is Kirk. Uh, he's a perfect opportunity for an exposition dump for mm-hmm. the reader. <laughs> Because he doesn't know what's going on. Here's my backstory. Exactly. Nice to meet you. Exactly. They can explain what Mr. Zero's deal is. Um, let's see. So while working on a freezing solution, Mr. Zero spilled some on himself, and this results in him not being able to breathe in normal temperatures. Uh, his his henchmen can't help him, and uh, <laughs> he has to go into the freezer. And while he does this, one of his henchmen says... Golly, boss, you've become a human icicle. You gotta live in zero temperature forever. 
Which is my favorite line from the comic. Yeah, I like how they're just like, and here's your weakness. Let us talk about it. <laughs> um, I also like the next scene, or the next panel, where he says uh, he perfected an air-conditioned costume to help me commit my crimes, and I built this hidden refrigerated mountain lair. And it just reminded me of this really great quote from uh, Song of Ice and Fire. It's also kind of modified in Game of Thrones, but I just really like it. It reminded me of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyrion says, never forget who you are, for surely the world will not. Make it your strength. It can never be your weakness. Armor yourself in it, and it will never be used to hurt you. And <laughs> Mr. Freeze really takes that to heart. He he created a weakness for himself and then just decided that this is what he was going to do. Yeah. Well, he cre- he recognized that weakness within him. He uh-huh. can't live outside sub-zero temperatures. So yeah. instead of just, like, going to Antarctica, he's like, no, I'm staying in Gotham. <laughs> and I'm going to use this to destroy everything I want and take as many shiny things as I possibly can. Because mm-hmm. that's really all Mr. Zero wants. Yeah. In this in this era. Um, He'll evolve later. And you know what? It doesn't really say... It says he was working on this freezing solution. It doesn't say if he had already been committing ice-themed crimes or, like, uh, temperature-themed crimes before this. It seems like he, he had been committing crimes. Oh, for sure yeah. he was a criminal before this. Yeah. But we don't know if he had a theme before this. No, he finally, he found his gimmick. He found his gimmick. And that was really all he needed. <laughs> before that, he was just like a Riddler, Riddlerite, leaving leaving clues and going and stealing things. That's true. I don't think he ever leaves clues. I know, I love him for it. <laughs> Batman actually has to do some detective work. It's nice. Okay. Um, yeah, so so they go, move on to their next heist. I love this scene. <laughs> their next crime, Mr. Zero's gangs, uh, they bring a frozen meat shipment to a fancy hotel where an unnamed prince and princess are visiting. Mr. Freeze shows up in a box of Omaha steaks. Yes. <laughs> I think that's so funny. Yeah, his three henchmen are carrying this big box, and I guess we're supposed to assume that Mr. Freeze is hidden within the box. He is in the box! He's in the box of Omaha Steaks! Because at first I was like, what does this meat have to do with it? And then I realized, like, oh, that's how he got in. He's inside that, yeah. like, temperature-controlled... It's it's him and some Omaha Steaks and the vaccine. They're all in a temperature-controlled frozen box. They're, yeah, they bring it in, like, a meatpacking truck. Yeah. I, where does he get all these frozen trucks? Did he steal these trucks? Or is he renting them? Do you think he goes to, like, the vehicle rental place and is like, ice cream truck, please? I mean, he has that, like, frozen, like, you know, technology at, in the mountain and everything. I'm sure he probably just, like, bought a couple trucks with his first heist. Uh-huh. I mean, he's pulled off quite a few successful heists. This is the first time Batman's actually ever caught him. Oh, okay. So, I don't know where he was before, but... <laughs> okay, um, okay. It does seem like he's had a few successful heists, enough at least to buy two or three, uh you know, frozen trucks or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. Temperature-controlled trucks. Temperature-controlled trucks. Yes. Okay, okay. Uh, Yeah, so they go go to this hotel. There's an unnamed prince and princess visiting. They don't say where they're from. They don't say what their names are. No. All that matters is that they are minor royalty and they have jewels on Mm -hmm. them. (laughs) Yep. Uh, I'm not even really mad about it because you know what? Uh, When, like, royalty goes places, they have to wear, like, some kind of, like, fancy jewelry thingy to show off like the wealth of their nation this doesn't get on your nerves as like a gothamite who wears his wealth around no because they're like in a hotel and like there actually had to be like a plan hatched to like break into here Mm -hmm. to go get those things um and also those jewels belong to the taxpayer so (laughs) mr free should steal them (laughs) 
Yeah, so he uses the same technique as before, where he goes into, like, an adjacent room, uses his freeze ray and heat ray to break through the wall, uh, and steal the princess's jewelry. Uh Do you have anything to say about this? No? No. Okay. Uh, Batman and Robin arrive on the scene after hearing the police bulletin. They're in the Batmobile, so the Batmobile was not out of commission at this point. it's fine now. Uh, and they get onto an adjacent building's rooftop. I will say, I don't have much to say about this fight scene. Okay, okay. I, I tried, and then I was like, okay. Okay, they, yeah, they get into an adjacent building's rooftop, uh, they swing over on their bat ropes, uh, which Mr. Freeze freezes, but then they just sort of tuck and roll and, and make it up anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, they give chase. Um, here's where I'm, here's what I have questions about. Okay, okay. So they follow him down... This ice shoot, Mr. Freeze, like, shoots his ice gun down. It doesn't seem like, okay, so it seems like the ice gun is, like, loaded with, like, water vapor already. Yeah. Which I feel was, is different from what we'll see in the animated series, because he uses that to, like, freeze already existing water, Mm -hmm. and, like, already existing things. In fact, there's a really, there's a really great shot in the animated series episode, which I just watched right before we started filming this, and I, like, kind of was just like, ooh, I love it! Because he (laughs) is trying to get into a building, and he breaks off a, uh, he, like, opens up a fire hydrant, and he just, like, kind of situates himself and shoots his gun and just, like, rides the fire hydrant, like, up (laughs) into the building, and I thought that was so great! But this one, he can just sort of, like, create, like, streams of ice wherever he is, which is weird. But he uses this thing to create an ice slide, which somehow is able to support his weight and Batman's weight and Robin's weight. And his henchman's weight. And his henchman's weight as they slide down into the car. But Batman and Robin are, like, right behind him, and he somehow has time to, like, get in his car and then turn and, like, melt the ice. Yeah, so he melts the ice as they're as they're getting to the end of the slide, mm-hmm. which I don't... It doesn't really affect them. Like, yeah. they just sort of land as they would have. They don't get to get them. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but they do mention that they have their Batcopters on an adjacent building. What the heck are Batcopters? Batcopters. Those are whirly bats. Yeah, they're definitely whirly bats. <laughs> the return of the whirly bats. Yeah, our favorite our favorite Batman vehicle. I skipped ahead when I was kind of like skimming through this, and I was like, ah, oh, heck yeah, whirly bats. <laughs> this is going to be a great episode. Uh, yeah, so they, yeah, they give chase on their whirly bats. Uh, the police are also giving chase in a police car, but Mr. Freeze, uh, Mr. Zero is able to freeze the engine of the police car and stops them dead in their tracks. There's a couple lines in this scene that I like. Oh, yeah? In the next panel. Okay. Um, after he freezes the cop the cop car, Robin's like, you see that, Batman? And Batman said, open your throttle wide, Robin. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but what I like What do you mean? It. it just means, like, give it full full gas, like, all the gas you can. Oh, okay. Like, a throttle, a throttle is just, like, whatever lets gas through the, through the tube. Mm. So if you open it wide, it means, like, the engine is going to run... Quicker. Kind of weird phrasing. <laughs> Open your throttle wide, Robin. Um, and then in the next panel, I think. Um, oh, you know what? What? It's... When is it? I think it's later. Okay. I'll get to it. It's a funny line. Okay, okay. Uh, they they follow him uh, and they, <laughs> they follow him to his lair, but they don't see him shooting his ice ray at them in time. Uh, Mr. Zero freezes their copters, uh, they fall into his lair, his hideout, mm-hmm. and then he freezes the dynamic duo in ice blocks. Mm-hmm. They're like frozen cavemen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, Batman 
rocks back and forth while Mr. Zero gloats uh, and is able to tip himself into a pipe Mm -hmm. in the room, which then releases uh, steam. Hot air fills the room. And here's my next favorite line. Okay. Because he's saying, like, cold, I must have cold. And I think Batman hits him, and he says, this will make you stiff as a board. (laughs) Again, phrasing, Bruce. Phrasing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, the steam fills the room. It, uh, the impact of the breaking pipe allows Batman and Robin to break free. The resulting steam blinds the crooks and allows Batman to apprehend them. As Mr. Zero is crying out that he needs cold air... Uh, and his suit, it's revealed as he is taken outside that uh, the quote-unquote steam treatment has cured his condition and he can just breathe fine outside. He's good. He's good. It melted the ice in his heart. He can he can go to jail now just like a normal person. He doesn't need to be kept in a special freezer. Nope, not at all. They couldn't think about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Interesting comic. Interesting. Definitely interesting. Um, it's a good origin for him, and it's stuff that's easy to build off of and expand on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it's pretty open-ended for him. And, like, you know, it was a Silver Age. He couldn't do anything too dark. But I do really like that, you know, he was returned to in so many different, you know, forms in the 60s TV show, as you'll talk a little bit about, and then mm-hmm. in the 90s animated series, as I'll talk a little bit about. Okay. Um, so yeah, do you want to get into Rogue Roundup? Yeah, let's do Rogue Roundup. Uh, let's see. So after this comic, Mr. Freeze uh, doesn't appear again until the 1966 television series. So seven years later? I'm pretty sure that's, that's right. I don't think he appeared before the 66 television series. He might have appeared in like one more comic or something. Okay. Um, and in the 1966 television series is where he gains the moniker of Mr. Freeze. So, like we said, in this comic, he's called Mr. Zero. In the 66 television series, he gets called Mr. Freeze. Um, he was portrayed in the 66 television series by three different actors. Really? Yeah. Uh, in, in three different uh, two-parters. Oh. So, so, and those are, I think, his only three appearances. So no actor got to play him for more than, like, one two-parter. Mm-hmm. Is um, there a reason why it was three different actors every time? I didn't see any reason why. Huh. I, it's... Maybe just, like, the guy wasn't available for filming, or they had such a long list of guest stars that wanted to come on that yeah. they were just like, what? Uh, you know, Mr. Freeze. Yeah. <laughs> you have to think by the third episode, they were like, dang it, not again. His his costume changes, too, from, from like, the, the first season to the second season. Mm-hmm. I think he gets, like, a helmet in the second season, whereas in the first season he doesn't wear one, or yeah. something like that. Although they were very, like, cavalier about recasting people. They oh, were yeah. just like, mm, Catwoman's black now. Yeah, Catwoman. <laughs> Catwoman was, played by, Catwoman was played by three different actresses, too. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the three actors are, in order of appearance, George Sanders, Otto uh, Preminger, and Eli Wallach. Mm-hmm. He's also the only character uh, in the 66 television series to murder someone, mm. presumably. Uh, he, he freezes a butler and then tips him over and you hear like a shattering sound. Oh no. So it's presumed that the butler dies, shatters to pieces. I don't think that's, I don't think that can really happen though. Mm. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you cryogenically froze someone to the point where they would smash like glass if you tip them over, then the freezing them has already killed them. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. You can't just like un- 
No, you, you can't undo that. Someone, they've already died of hypothermia. They, you've like burst their cell walls or whatever with the with the the ice. I have a question. Yes. Do you think we'll ever achieve uh, cryogenic freezing without a person dying of hypothermia? No. Aww. No, I think it's it's like fifties fifties future tech that never will actually ha- come to fruition. I want to live in the year three thousand. <laughs> Why, do I, why have I been watching and re-watching Futurama for the majority of my life if I'm not preparing to live in the future? <laughs> Futurama only prepares you for a future that is kind of like the mid-2000s. Hey, whatever. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love the mid-2000s. I love the mid-3000s, too, when I live there. Yeah, so so anyway. Oh, and in the in the 66 television series, his real name is Dr. Art Scheibel. Mm. So he has a different name in, in, the, in the 66 television series. And then he shows up in the comics a few more times. He shows up in comics throughout the 70s, throughout the 80s. Uh, they try again and again to, like, revive him. And he's nothing more than really just sort of like, you know, he's, he's a Batman villain that's got a gimmick. <laughs> he's cold. Dude. Exactly. Hey, kids, you like Captain Cold and the Flash? We got one, too. We have one, too, and he's for Batman. Yeah. And he's a jewel thief. What are all the other ones in, um... In that one season of Young Justice, all the, like, cold villains. It's uh, like Captain Cold, Mr. Freeze. Captain Cold, Mr. Freeze, Killer Frost, yeah. right? Um, I don't know. I can't remember who the... Was there a, was there a fourth one? Something Kangaroo. Did I make that one up? <laughs> Captain Kang... No, that's a different guy. <laughs> Captain Boomerang, I'm thinking of. I think you're right. I think there is another... There's, like, one more DC villain that's, that's cold-themed, but yeah. I can't think of him at the moment. Mm. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. So anyway, yeah. He's the one who, who ends up uh, wanting to make out with, with Megan, and then... Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. He's like he's like the son of somebody. Frosty Kid. Yeah. I don't remember his name. Yeah, whatever. That's all right. Well, at least we figured out who he is. Jack Frost. Jack Frost! I think that's right. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Inventive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then, so, like I said, he appears in the comics... Uh, doesn't doesn't get another name beyond the like Doctor Art Shival. I don't think it's used in the comics. It's just sort of sort of a oh it's Mister Freeze. Mm. He doesn't really have an alias. Um, <clears throat> and then he is featured in the September seventh, nineteen ninety two Emmy Award winning episode of the Batman the Animated Series Heart of Ice. Heart of Ice, yes, which did win the daytime Emmy for best writing in an animated television program. Yep. Um, this is where the name Victor Freeze originates. Yes. As far as I could find, I think oh. this is where the Victor Freeze name comes from. You're probably right. Which is used from this point, 1992, on. I like that it's spelled like fries. I always read it as fries in my head. F-R-I-E-S. I'm yeah. like, yeah, Mr. Fries. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So Heart of Ice is a really, really amazing um, episode of television. Uh, if you haven't watched it, you should pause this episode right now and watch it. Even if you've never watched any Batman the Animated Series, you should just watch this. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece of fiction. And I get goosebumps, even though I've watched it probably 25 times. Um, He's portrayed by Michael Ansara. Yes. In this. The late Michael Ansara. Yes. Yes. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. He was a wonderful, wonderful actor. Um, the things that I really love about his portrayal in The Heart of Ice um, is... 
his sort of like robotic voice that he puts on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's how I read Mr. Freeze every time I see him in the comics is that robotic voice. It's almost like the cold is uh, equivalent to like his like emotionlessness and mm-hmm. the fact that he does like he does things in this in this episode like he leaves a henchman behind. He doesn't care about him. He doesn't have any feelings towards anybody. Although that's what we're meant to think because what we do eventually realize is he is actually motivated by love and you know passion and wanting to get revenge but all of that died in him yeah so heart advice to make a long story short um the story reveals that victor freeze was a cryogenicist who was working for goth corp um and he had used goth corp technology to freeze his wife nora who was dying of an uncurable disease. And he cryogenically freezes her so that he can work on the cure and she won't die while she's waiting for it. Um, However, he lost funding. Um, He was shut down forcibly. And in a huge confrontation and accident, he was then presumed dead. And uh, Nora's body was apparently destroyed as well. Um, So he's presumed dead by Goth Corp. However, he did survive, similar to the accident in the comic. He just can't survive outside sub-zero temperatures, and he builds himself uh, a suit. Which looks super cool. It looks so cool. He looks like a robot. Exactly. Well, it's it's that Batman the Animated Series Art Deco, like, hard in on that 19, late 1950s, yeah. like, very... He looks like the robot from The Day the Earth Stood Still. Oh, yeah. Pretty a little much. bit. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, I think he kind of looks like somebody who should be on the cover of, like, a Space Cowboy comic. <laughs> yeah, I love his red eyes. It's just, like, big red beams yeah, coming out of his yeah, head. Yeah, big red, like, goggles that he's got. Oh, that's really cool. I like his big bubble head, too. I like any <laughs> portrayal of, uh, of Mr. Freeze where he has, like, the big bubble helmet. I don't really like it too much in, um, what is it? I think it's, is it uh, Arkham City? Where he just has sort of like a little, he like doesn't have the head for some reason. He's just got like, I don't know, oh, a the, little something sticking out of his shoulder. The, are you talking about, because in Arkham City, the suit sort of comes over him like this. It's, it's more rounded at the top. Is like the shoulders kind of morph into the head thing that, that doesn't go too far over his head. I feel like I remember him wearing like sweatpants and like nothing else in Arkham City. How did you not play that game in a long time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because there's a big boss fight actually in Arkham City. Is he wearing a suit? Yeah, he wears a suit. That's like the whole... the the. I, I wanted to do this at a different point, but mm-hmm. if we're going to talk about this, I really want to talk about this. Yeah, Arkham City. In Arkham City, the, the boss oh, fight with him ahead. is great. I think it's one of the standout moments of Arkham City mm-hmm. um, because it's one of the Predator missions, which are, if you, you never played the Batman uh, Arkham games, it's the, the parts of the game where you're not fighting, like fist fighting people, you're like hiding in the shadows and taking them down one by one, except in the Mr. Freeze boss fight, you're just against Mr. Freeze. And uh, every takedown you do on him, so, like, you can hide in a vent and come out of a vent and, like, take him by surprise or hang from the ceiling and, and, like, you know, drop down on him. Every time you do one of those takedowns, he, like, learns it and then you can't use that same kind of takedown again. Mm. So you have to switch up the tactics that you use as the boss fight continues as you, like, slowly start running out of options to take him down. I think it's really cool. It's, like, great game design. Rocksteady did an A-plus job. Good job, Rocksteady. Can't wait for Suicide Squad. (laughs) Yet taken by surprise. Yeah. Oh, he's gonna be in, uh, he's gonna be in Gotham Knights as well. Is he? Yeah. That's exciting. Um, yeah, so... 
Back to my heart of ice. Sorry, back to heart of ice. No, 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 you're fine. Um, yeah, there's a lot of... It was interesting to watch that episode after reading the comic because there's kind of callbacks to this comic. It's almost sort of the same story a little bit. Yeah, it's in, like in the origin ways. story of him, yeah. Yeah, so uh, he makes the the ice happen underneath the Batmobile. That's super... That's very similar to that. Yeah. Um, and he abandons one of his henchmen behind, like he does in this comic book. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, Batman, like, hits him and gets him out of his suit, like he does in this. (laughs) And then he's like, ah, I'll figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) Although, how how do they get him to... Arkham without him dying. I don't know. I don't know. They're just sort of like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they don't really do a ton of explaining at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, great great episode, great addition to his backstory, the, the tragicness of, like, losing his wife mm-hmm. and, have, and and that being, like, the reason why he wants to get revenge. That is, actually, this cartoon is the reason why we're doing this around, or at least the reason why I want to do this around uh january Mm -hmm. first because uh ferris boyle the man who is the one that shuts down victor freeze's experiment is in this episode winning the humanitarian of the year award so who's probably and and uh and also in batman arkham origins there's a dlc called cold cold heart which is basically a retelling of this animated series episode also takes place on New Year's. Really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, so the coolest thing about... Coolest. Uh, one of my favorite <laughs> things about Heart of Ice is that it introduced the character of Nora, yeah. who actually doesn't just stay in a little frozen Snow White box for the rest of her life, which is cool. Um, so at one point in the comics, um, Mr. Freeze joins a like supervillain network uh, Legion he, of Doom? Or yeah, it's, no, it's not the Legion of Doom. Society of Supervillains? I think it's that one, Okay. Yeah. Um, and he creates a Sub-Zero machine for Nissa al Ghul, who's Talia's half-sister. Ooh. Um, and he creates it for her in exchange for being able to use one of her Lazarus pits and oh. put Nora in it. However, of course, because it's a comic book, um, he doesn't wait the right amount of time he doesn't let like the levels of the chemical pool settle enough and when he tosses nora into it uh she emerges as the twisted lazara a supervillain who is able to she has sort of has like opposite powers from him uh she can conjure flames instead of ice (laughs) and she can also reanimate the dead because she has like the power of the lazarus pit inside of her so that's really cool (laughs) Um, in New 52, there's, like, a weird little digression where uh, it's discovered that, like, Nora wasn't actually Mr. Freeze's wife. She was just some lady who he discovered, and she's actually, like, older than his grandmother. And he was like, I must cure her. And he, like, got this delusion. She's like, she's my wife. I have to cure her. But that was stupid. So that got retconned in Rebirth. <laughs> um, and in, <laughs> like, all this dumb stuff in New 52, it got retconned. Yeah. And in Rebirth, um, Nora is cured by the one thing that can cure anything in this world Lex Luthor's money <laughs> so she gets cured because <laughs> Lex Luthor funds Freeze's research um, however she has the same condition as her husband and has to stay in sub-zero temperatures Ooh. which kind of like twists her mind a little bit and she becomes an accomplice to Mr. Freeze's crimes and goes by the name of course Mrs. Freeze 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. So they're a little romantic duo, and maybe that's next year's Halloween costume. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Freeze. Uh, maybe we got to incorporate that into the wedding planning. <laughs> so moving on with uh, his appearances in like mass media. Yeah, tell me, tell me your thoughts on Arnold. That in, was my main question. In in 1997, in Batman and Robin, he's portrayed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, and is given the same tragic backstory that he was given in the animated series. Mm-hmm. However, in that one, um, Nora is still alive and just mm-hmm. sort of like hanging out in his lair in her little like cryogenically frozen tube, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I actually haven't, I don't know if I've ever actually seen that movie all the way through. Like all the way through? Yeah. What happens to her? What? Oh, you know what? No, I do remember. She has the same disease that like Alfred is dying from. No, no, it's not. Batman, oh, like, is it Alfred? Yeah, it is Alfred. Yeah convinces Freeze to like give him the cure that he's made but for some reason hasn't given to Nora so we can give it to Alfred the movie's stupid anyway that is the movie is very stupid uh, I did want to mention you said you don't didn't know if you'd watched it all the way through I read an interview uh, where Bruce Tim the one of the the art artists on the anime or the the concept artist for the animated series uh-huh. um, he said that he couldn't watch more than 10 minutes <laughs> of that movie at a time I don't blame him <laughs> It's a really dumb movie. It's really dumb. Uh, <laughs> what well, we what are you were asking something about Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, what are your, what are your thoughts on his portrayal? I mean, he was doing what Schumacher wanted him to do, yeah. which is uh, I mean, both Schumacher movies over the top. I actually wrote about this. <laughs> I got into not really an argument, but I was I I posted this like big long thing on Reddit where I was like, I was like, it's very interesting to look at like the, the difference between the seriousness of Batman because like in, in the Golden Age, he was like really serious and kind of dark because he was in pulpy stories. And then when the comics code came around, he was in like lighter stuff. And that lighter stuff led to the 60s television series, which heightened it because it was pop art television. Mm. And then uh, like, then it like delved back in as the comics code became laxer into more dark stuff. Mm. And then that dark stuff is where you get the Burton films yeah uh and then and then there you have people like schumacher who remembered the 60s television show from when they were kids so they remember batman as being campy yeah but he took the dark art style of the burton films and put the campy put, just slathered some camp on top and, and put the campiness of the 60s television series and like mashed them together in this unholy monster yeah well the, the thing about uh joel schumacher is you know he was openly gay and I think he very much wanted to, like, explore that part of Batman, that, like, Silver Age, like, kind of campy, a little bit gay, just sort of, like, having a good time, dancing around. He wanted to, like, have that representation. And it had a very difficult time connecting with audiences because that just, like, wasn't a Batman that anyone even recognized anymore. It's weird to me that they made a second one. After yeah. Batman Forever, because Batman Forever was weird. Yeah. Too. Did it make money? It probably did. That's why I'm they sure. Made a second and, one. and you know what the other the other thing was is Schumacher def- played into uh, what the studio wanted. Warner Brothers wanted toys. They mm-hmm. wanted to sell toys, mm-hmm. and so Schumacher he had the the different Batmobile, the one with like the spinning back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Had like the whatever whatever that's called, like the spirals that spin on it. Mm-hmm. He had you know Batman and ice skates mm-hmm. and and Batman mm-hmm. like he gave Batman all these different toys to play with, and then so that meant that Warner Brothers could sell tie-in merchandise. Yeah, which. In, and in exchange the... to let him do as many butt shots as he wanted. <laughs> and nipple shots, yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas, like, in the Burton films, it was like, yeah, you got the Batmobile, and the Batmobile breaks into that smaller Batmobile, but that's 
pretty much all he's got in those movies in terms of like weapons and gadgetry and stuff. You can't sell as many spin-off toys as you could with the with the Schumacher films. Yeah. That I feel is also like kind of the height of the like McDonald's Happy Meal kind of yeah. like movie tie-ins mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like the late 90s. Yeah. Late 90s into like early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, capitalism killed Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and still is. And still is. In the Warner Brothers movies. Yeah. Oh, we like you, Warner Brothers. Please sponsor our podcast. (laughs) It's just like, you know, the Nolan films made money and they went, ooh, dark Batman movies. We've got to make dark movies. And so they made so many dark movies. They made a dark Superman movie, which is like the complete opposite of what you need to do. Because we had the darkest movie we've seen in a long time. Zack Snyder, get that guy. (laughs) He'll be great. We were watching, apropos of nothing, um, I wanted to watch the first scene of. Watchmen the other day. Oh, yeah. What, what was it that reminded me of it? I feel like it was just like, I don't know, some line that's in there. No, yeah. It was the destruction by nuclear war oh, thing yeah, yeah, that's yeah. playing on the TV in the beginning. Um, and I, you were like, what are you referencing? And I just like turned it on on YouTube. Um, that scene is so beautifully shot. The music, the ambiance, the lighting, the framing, the everything, the performances, the suspense. Even if, if you have read the comic and, like, know what's going to happen at the end of the scene, it's so wonderful. And it just, like, dovetails into this amazing, like, you know, opening credit scene that shows you, like, 60 years of history. And it frustrates me so much. And I feel like it's really just, like, that it's not it's not Zack Snyder's fault. <laughs> well, it is his fault. Because he didn't, he didn't understand Watchmen. No, but, like... It's indicative of, like, the entire problem with, like, Warner Brothers, uh, DC properties now. It's, and I guess it is, since that wasn't really, you know, that wasn't necessarily a DC, actually, no, it is a DC property. It was, yeah, it's a DC property. It's it's just indicative of this whole thing of, like, there are so, there are some beautiful, shining things in these movies, and they're just surrounded by... Stuff that stuff screen that tested well sucks. Stuff that stuff that like board execs could sign off on. Yeah, and it makes me so upset to watch this beautiful, perfect opening scene that I love so much, and then be like, "But for what? <laughs> but why?" why I mean, they, they take out? away the giant alien yeah. at the end of the movie. They, yeah, there's they, no giant squid. At least I have I have uh, Watchmen 2019 to fall back on. That's true. I could watch just the first scene of Watchmen. And then immediately, and the opening credits, and then uh, just immediately go into the 2019 movie and be like, yeah, this is good. 2019 TV series. 2019 eight-hour movie. Yeah. HBO series. (laughs) Yes. Oh, it's so good. Thank you, Damien Lindelof. I love you. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Okay. Okay. This isn't isn't a Watchmen podcast, but maybe it will be. No. Maybe someday. Are we done with Batman and Robin? Do you have anything else to say about the movie Batman and Robin? No, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen... You've definitely seen it. Mm, you know what happens. Probably, yeah. Well, I don't think I've seen it, though. <laughs> it's goofy. Um, okay. And then the only the only other thing I wanted to talk about mass media-wise was uh, the The Batman TV series, which was the TV series that aired right after Batman the Animated Series and all of its spinoffs. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like right at the end of the DC Animated Universe stuff, so mm-hmm. like after Justice League Unlimited and all that. Um this was this TV series used his '60s TV series origins, where Batman can't save him from an accident, uh, where and he's a petty jewel thief, and he although in this one 
he gains powers. Ooh. So because he is like thrown into a freezing pod at the same time it's electrocuted, his blood cells get like frozen or whatever, like turned into freezing mutated things. And so he he doesn't need a freeze gun. He can like shoot ice. Hmm. Which apparently happens in the comic once or twice too. That's cool. Yeah. So he's not like a he's not a, a scientist that developed like freeze technology. He's a criminal, he's a jewel thief that develops freeze powers. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think he'll show up in a future uh, live action movie? Maybe. It's possible. That'd be cool. I don't know. I I feel like I mean, have they let any of the characters who were in the 97 movie come back into the No, like, we haven't we haven't gotten Bane kind of kind of. But he was unrecognizable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, we, we haven't seen, other than Bane. We're any... gonna get a revamp of the Riddler, and we've gotten a revamp of... Two-Face. Two-Face, yeah. and those were both in Schumacher movies. I think it comes down to budget, because yeah. Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy are both here, like, villains that need a lot of CG yeah. or special effects to, to do their stuff, you know? Because yeah. they get superpowers or, or you know, super guns. <laughs> yeah. There's also, I mean, there's hardly ever a reason to put Ivy into a story because, like you said, she's got superpowers. She's pretty she's pretty overpowered mm-hmm. and it just, you know, it takes it takes way too much uh, suspension of disbelief for Batman to like really hurt her in any way. Yeah, re- realistically fight her. I yeah. mean, he, he can he uses like pesticides and stuff like that. He has ways of overcoming her mentally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't make for like good fight scenes no. or, you know, her, her great boss battles in video games. <laughs> otherwise, no. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, her, her superpowers don't really lend to like bank heists or, no. or scenes where there's two, two boats. <laughs> also, I feel like, it, it, you know, we're living in an age where like, you know, the climate crisis is the forefront of everyone's minds. Do you really want to make someone who's all about like making the planet a better place a supervillain? She, she would be too, you think she would be too, uh, what's the word I'm looking Empathetic? Yeah, she'd be too empathetic. She's already too empathetic and relatable, especially now that she's uh, like canonically gay in the comics. <laughs> Everyone would be like, you stay away from my lesbian plant mom! Ridiculous. All the stands would be boycotting, you know, Warner Brothers Studios. You know, honestly, it would be great if she showed up in a Harley Quinn movie, though. If they did another Birds of Prey and yeah. she was in that. You know, when I was looking for Batman news, I saw just a, a thing from Margot Robbie that was like, no planned Birds of Prey 2. Mm. So, if that Man. ever did happen. I mean, Suicide Squad's coming up. You think maybe a cameo? Nah, nah. Uh, James Gunn is is doing what he needs to do with the Suicide Squad movie and bringing in like all the D tier villains. Like he's got like Polka Dot Man and stuff. Yeah. F- future future Batman the uh, Batman sorry Bat Batmates episode coming on him for sure. <laughs> Polka Dot Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool to see Ivy in a Harley Quinn movie. I think that'd be fun. Uh, that's all I got though, because uh, pretty much every single appearance after this is just like a mix of of these previous backstories and stuff yeah so moral of the story if your spouse is dying of a deadly disease and you want to cryogenically freeze them before they die um there's some grant programs out there you can, you can apply to you know there's there's some some philanthropists there's some philanthropists who can help you out lux luther bill gates elon musk those kind of guys mm-hmm. they can definitely help you all good people <laughs> um don't, you know, steal technology from your company because, 
they got security cameras. They're going to figure that out. They're going to leave you for dead. <laughs> and um, if you want... What's the moral of the comic, though? Yeah. Moral of the comic story, um, you know, get a steam shower. Get a steam bath? Get a steam shower. Get a steam bath. It might clear up everything. your sinuses. It'll fix everything. It's yeah. basically magic. And um, if you're stuck in a frozen block of ice, apparently you can just sort of will yourself shift, out of it. Shift your weight back and forth. Yeah, if you're frozen solid, apparently you can still kind of move. You just got to be super strong and no kung fu like Batman does. Oh, you know what? The one thing I didn't mention. Okay, I saw this on a wiki somewhere. I couldn't verify it because I couldn't find the episodes. But in, in one of these wikis, I saw... Uh, that he, in one of the Filmation television series, animated series, uh, he's an alien. Mr. Freeze is an alien. Oh, yeah. He, from a sub-zero planet. From a sub-zero planet. <laughs> That's weird. Even though he just looks like a regular white dude. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I couldn't verify that, but it might be true. Could be true. <laughs> Big if true. Big if true, yeah. Cool. You have any uh, New Year's resolutions you want to share with the listeners? Oh, boy. Uh, Keep doing the podcast. Keep doing the podcast. I wrote in my planner that by the end of this year, we're going to get to 100 listeners per episode. Okay. We're currently on, like, 11 on a good one. Hey, if you're listening and you haven't rated us on iTunes and you haven't told your friends about us or people who like Batman about us... Please tell them. We yeah. would love it if we could get more listeners. We would. We would love to talk to more people. Hopefully, you know, conventions will start up again next year. We want to go out to conventions and give out our, our stickers and give mm-hmm. people t-shirts. Just throw them, throw them at random people and be like, let's do our podcast. For sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, we hope you guys have a happy new year. We hope that you've got some good resolutions to uh, have an amazing 2021 And uh, we'll see you in the new year. Maybe uh, mark your calendars for the next episode. Ah. She's winking. Ah. (laughs) Happy New Year, everybody. See you later. Batmate's theme song was composed by Ben Dean. You can find him at tinyurl.com slash B-E-N-D-E-A-N-E. And our logo was created by Savannah Storm. You can find her on instagram.com slash art.by.savvy.s.